Are you worried that your kids are playing too much video games? When you go to their room, do you find bottles filled with pee because they didn't want to go to the toilet out of excitement? Well, I think a lot of parents deal with this, and I was one of those kids. But the games were not so cool back then, and there was no money in it. But that has all changed. And today we're talking to Thomas. He's the CEO of an esports company. An esports company is basically a business around people playing video games as professionals. There are contracts, transfers, it's all there, sponsors, whatever. It's a very fascinating story. It's really, really interesting industry. And I think a lot of you that know this problem that I described in the beginning think of video games slightly differently after listening to this. Because let's face it, not all kids can become footballers, doctors, nurses, or whatever it is that people usually become. This is changing. Now you can actually become a professional video game player. And so what? Why not? Enjoy. Thomas, welcome to the bunker. Uh, hi, Almar. Thank you for the invite. Um, you're aware of a German football player that has <laughs> the same name as you? Yes, of course. It's my favorite one. And uh, do you know him? <laughs> no. Actually, I, I tried to add him on LinkedIn, you know, to become friends because a lot of German players now are entering esports, you know. And since he's my favorite and also the favorite player in FIFA, the game that uh, we have as well, uh, so I wanted to do it with him, but he didn't accept it, my invitation on LinkedIn, unfortunately. So it's his loss. Yeah, he I guess after know. this COVID thing, I will have to travel to Munich and, and, and try to catch him there. Yeah. So um, you're the CEO of Brood, which is a professional esports team, um, and uh, we had a we had a chat about this. We met at the old bar, which is uh, yes. one of our sp- my <laughs> sponsors. Finally. And my favorite place because I live right next to it. Yeah. Today I had a great skier there actually. Nice. For the first time, yeah. I always took the oatmeal, and today I found out that uh, all about the skier, and I just I didn't know that it's basically the only skier in in Prague. You know, the yeah, proper one. Yeah, it's an so authentic. Uh, yeah, it's an Icelandic it was, it recipe. Yeah, awesome, um, actually. Yeah, it's it's a great stuff. It's great stuff. But we met there and we started chatting, and I found it really interesting when you when you when I found out what it is that you do and and. Uh, and this whole esport has gone far from being just the teenagers in the basement peeing in two <laughs> little bottles and and making their parents worried about them. It's it's become a mega industry, right? Yes, but some <laughs> some people still think that it's uh, maybe not that radical as you describe it. But <laughs> you know, yeah, but that's how it was for me. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> there are a lot of. Um, misconceptions or misunderstanding about about esports today and that's something also that we're trying to change yeah. a lot these days. but i but just as an example of of the the size of this business i mean there's this rapper travis scott mm-hmm. he had a concert in fortnite inside a video game which 12 million people attended yes definitely definitely now the, the size is overwhelming yeah. and um it's just a sign of the change in uh, basically where the the young people meet. You know mm. that the, the video games are not 
just the fun anymore and just the game anymore. It's becoming more like a social, new social medium, you know, where you can meet with the friends and chat with the friends and uh, attend the concert. And I think that they're also, uh, they maybe they they even had it or they plan it to even have some like movie projections inside the video games, you know. So it's like. Uh, instead of Netflix, you just go inside a video game and with your friends, you watch the movie, you know. So it's becoming mm. much more than just just the video game. But is it, is that like, um, I mean, in, in some way we have had these games, for example, like The Sims, the simulator games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and there's always been this kind of uh, projection or... or, or, or expectation of some sort of a virtual reality i mean is this in some way that you're actually taking real life stuff like movies concerts and Mm -hmm. and obviously all your communication maybe even love and relationships you're taking them into this world yeah i I know about a lot of people that actually met inside the video game Mm -hmm. through their characters and then they met in the real life and now they they live together and um so yes a lot of kind of social uh, functions are moving to the virtual space. The virtual reality is a little further still, mm. but there are many worlds that are trying to um, like uh, copy the reality. Basically, I, I even own uh, a land in the virtual reality space based on blockchain. You know, and uh, it's growing much faster. The price of it because I just bought it with the real money. I can buy. I, I can build a house there you know and there are many entertainment options you can like go there and play go uh, play um, bowling you know that's something that i played there um and yeah you, you buy it for the real money and uh, it's it's a limited you know uh, amount so the price is growing and you can build whatever you wanted there and you can meet with your friends there and yeah the virtual world already are off- is offering a lot of possibilities and uh, Especially uh, in some some of the worlds, possibilities that you cannot have in the real world, right? Like yeah, I mean, I don't think that I would become a <laughs> landowner, for example, uh, in the real world. No, this is actually, it, it's just uh, one example, but I don't like these worlds that are trying to imitate the real world. You know, I, I much more like the creative worlds that you can, yes, you can buy... Um, a land there and then you can build your interplanetary you know spaceship and just colonize another planet and stuff you know something that you mm. really cannot do in the in the real life so yeah. I, I like these kind of worlds and i think that these worlds will grow even larger and it's the it's the example of fortnite you know uh mm. the people are also they, they they go there they have fun they Okay, well, they shoot each other, but you know, in the end, then they uh, they they go and attend the concert, you know, and mm. it's something like mm. you, you cannot really do in the real life. So. But it, but it's it's um it's interesting with the the um what what you're saying about that the, we're taking things into this world that that we maybe able enables us to do things that we couldn't do in 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 real life. Yeah. Um, and uh, are people not worried that this will make us less able to deal with that so-called real life which still exists somehow well it's a i think it's a it's a difficult question of course even in our club you know we're or in our team we are esports team but we are trying to explain the importance of uh, a balance in life you Mm. know it's Mm. not just a video game of course but on the other hand 
Yeah, there's not much difference basically between, uh, or there is a big difference, and it's I think it's even better to actually spend the time inside the video game where you make your own choices, you socialize, you know, you uh, in the games you often solve some problems, you learn English, you know, you in a lot of games that are multiplayer you have to cooperate with the team. That's something that is not thought in uh, in, in our you know schools in Czech mm. Republic almost mm. at all mm. uh, it's better to spend time doing this uh, mostly than for example spend time on social media you know listing other people's profiles looking at their pictures you know that's the complete waste of time for me and it's not even a real life at all as well right because mm. you know nobody puts the real real life or almost nobody into the social media right yeah. uh, I listen to some of your previous podcast and uh, I know that you were talking about this social dilemma right yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. so video games compared to this basically They're more honest maybe yeah are actually more real world mm. <laughs> almost because yeah. you can really be whoever you want in there you know it's like it's not a real world but it's a real you basically yeah. because there you know it doesn't matter what gender you are which religion you know which um, it is no judgment color or or even how you look you know mm. there's there's really just uh, whatever you choose to be and and your skills you know uh, how you play and mm. for some people it's it's much more fair and better than the real life you know like if you're born poor if if you have some health conditions you know we have one player that that uh, had a terrible um uh, luck or yeah like a bad luck in, in in his life you know he got sick and the real the the um the virtual world was something that was actually keeping him alive because he was locked in the hospital for two years mm-hmm. and a, a lot of his friends you know abandoned him in the real life mm-hmm. but in the game he didn't say he didn't tell his player his teammates that he's actually sick and they they took it for his good play you know oh, yeah. and he was playing tournaments and didn't even know that he's playing it from the hospital you know so for a lot of people it's it's the world where they can really be who they want they want to be, be yeah. you know and the team the team that you manage that that's here in prague in the czech republic mm-hmm. is how 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 big is that so we have seven teams in uh, six games and uh-huh. in some games we have you know uh, academy team and, uh, and how many people team, is uh, 35 players uh-huh. and then we have around 12 people taking care of the management you know and you're the the top boss there right i mean you're you're the ceo of the of the organization or yes or um, i'm the worst player but <laughs> you know <laughs> the the top of the organization but they found some yeah. use for you and uh, in, in, in the management yeah you know it's it's always like that you know if you suck in the game the only way how you can <laughs> how you can yeah. be in this industry you have to be in the management so yeah. uh, helping other people that are actually good at the game become even better you know by s- giving them these conditions that they need so but that, this uh, like um, um i mean you haven't uh, you know nobody gets where they are there's always a route uh, there's always a way somewhere and mm-hmm. uh, so if you go a little bit backwards you know like uh, y- where did it all start? Where are you born and, and, and how was that? <laughs> well, so my route, you know, was not like... I, I was born in the small... Vi- well, I was born in a small town, but then we were living in a small village, you know. Um, we have a family farm. We have goats and 
uh, chicken and a horse and you know uh, my father worked as a lumberjack and so it's very unusual environment <laughs> you know to uh, for, for the future basically player you know we didn't have a computer or anything but it was you know, I was born in 87 mm. so it's it's a long time ago not many people had the computer back then uh so yeah I, I started there you know i was Play, working working on the farm and yeah exactly working on the farm helping my parents you know um and after this the first grade of elementary school uh my parents divorced and my mother moved to the big city and uh, started dating a, a a rich guy with a big house and the computer in the ceiling uh -huh. and the computer could run uh, prince of persia you know okay on the black and white monitor and i remember i still remember that it was the, this this intel three uh yeah. eight three eight six yeah three eight six uh -huh. <laughs> okay in english it sounds uh, okay uh yeah with with this even mechanic for the big floppy disks you know and everything but it could run the prince of persia and we used to go there with my brother and playing this game and then we Found out that there are other games and started started playing, you know. And how old are you? What age are you? Are you there? When like you eight year old. And that's the first time you kind of get in touch with video games. Or yes, basically well, with the computer, you know. <laughs> so uh -huh. like. Uh, yeah. So this is ninety five, right? Or or. I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, something like and that. A, a little bit back to so so you're born in eighty seven. The 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 wall. Um, you know the old Soviet Union and the and the, uh, the Iron Curtain falls in eighty nine, mm -hmm. so I guess you don't really have any experience of how how things were. But but yeah. did you feel it back in those days? Was it something that you felt as a as a kid, or 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 do you have any recollection of it? So, well, obviously not, because we were living in the small village, you know, and absolutely cut from. You know, so nothing really changed, world, basically. Uh, so for me, nothing, or as far as I remember, you nothing know, no, nothing really changed. Uh, of but course, for your parents, I, I, like, or, or I didn't un understand it. You know, I guess, yeah, in '95, that was when we moved to the city. Mm. So, I guess you know, uh, the, the former boyfriend of my mother, you know, he he was an entrepreneur, and uh, probably anything that he built couldn't be uh you know couldn't have been done before. before yeah so but i i didn't understand it you know for me the the world in the city the, the rich people and entrepreneurs and something that was completely new you know uh, even the car you know he used to pick us up with you know back then because in the village we had this old skoda 120 you know and he had this mazda f i still remember that actually you know with the with the it's like a ceiling I, window yeah, yeah I, you know, know it's know like it was car, yeah. it looked like a sports car you know that i never saw before so uh yeah I, I just took it as oh wow you know and i didn't realize so but later on like when you got older and and you kind of started knowing your own things to at your education and work and stuff do you i don't know do you feel like there's a difference of your mentality versus like if you look at your parents and people around that age that they see the world differently than you do i mean because there is such a big difference living under communism and not you know no of course um well of course it's my parents you know there's a whole history they, they still don't really much remember the uh, understand what i'm doing you know they mm. sometimes even ask me hey 
how about finding a normal job? And it was like that, you know, the whole school until I, I read some book, which I was not able to, you know, back then, but it was in uh, a book of an American act, uh, uh, American author. And it changed my view, you know, on the life a lot. And then what's that, that's when I started to a uh, little bit fight with my parents, you know, with their view of the world that mm. was just, you know, study and, you know, become... Uh, yeah, yeah find a job and yeah, get married yeah, and have exactly, kids I exactly mean, that was the exactly you know and the computer games is just a waste of time and you know stuff and yeah you should have a good grades and mm. i just i uh, didn't want to i didn't agree so, so you could sit here and say that you were not super unhappy about the divorce because you got a sports car and and a computer <laughs> yeah back then we didn't realize at all and yeah. of course yeah first in the beginning it was a new world for us completely you know full of uh, they also they, they signed up us for a sports team. Yeah. I, I did the cross country skiing, you know. Uh, so we started to do sports. Uh, we went to the big school, which I remember I was a little traumatized about it because, uh, you know, in, in the village there was like a family school and you knew everybody and your teacher is like your aunt. And in the big city it was completely different. Mm hmm. So I was completely distracted and I didn't really realize what's going on. And then, you know, we... But you, and you get into this, you get into this cross-country skiing with, with mm -hmm. your, your mom and, and her new boyfriend. And, and, and I, I think you told me you won, it ended up that you won a championship. Yes, when I was 17 uh, in a relay. Uh -huh. uh, so... Like the, the national? Yeah, the national championship. Okay. Uh, that was probably the biggest achievement that I could, and I realized back then that this uh, it, it couldn't, it will not get any better. <laughs> and it, I was 17, and back then I I knew that uh, I will not pursue my professional sports career. So that was the time when I stopped doing it. So I was doing cross country skiing for roughly eight nine years professionally, uh -huh. kind of yeah. And and it didn't give you pleasure or or. Ah well. Mm, I think it gave me a lot of good stuff. Uh, I mean, cross-country skiing, right? So you have to get up early in the morning. Uh, you have to go to the mountains where there is minus 10 degrees Celsius and you're running there, you know, back and forth. So it gives you a pretty good stamina and, uh, you know, immunity, basically, mm -hmm. as a mm -hmm. kid, I guess. Mm -hmm. And some, like, a healthy lifestyle. And also all this stuff that is connected to sports, right? Like... Uh, uh, like um discipline and yeah yeah exactly uh, yeah discipline and, and this toughness you know uh, and the mental toughness because yeah there was no way we don't go you know no matter the weather and stuff uh -huh. so it i think from this perspective it gave me a lot but uh pretty soon i started to realize that i'm not really enjoying it not as much as computer games you know but it was a uh, i don't know how is it now but back then you know the parents didn't ask that much that you're going to do this sport or not they were doing it so they signed up <laughs> you, you know yeah, to, that. You had to do it yeah you had to do it actually so they were even using the computer as a punishment tool if we didn't do something you know like bad grades you cannot play on the computer you know it, you didn't go to the training you know stop the computer because that was perceived as just a waste of time and and a pleasure so, which is bad, you know. So, that's something we're also trying to fight a little bit right now. Because a lot of people are doing something that their parents chose for them. Mm. But 
there is there might be a future in what the kids really like, like computer games, especially now. And uh, because their parents doesn't understand that, doesn't mean that they should prevent their kids from doing it, yeah. right? But back then, you know, we we just took it as a normal thing. We're doing the cross country skiing, and if we fulfill our duties there, you know, you can play. Yeah, but of course, it's it was not like all horrible and stuff you know i didn't like that much like the comp the, the cross-country skiing but i like meeting my friends there and during the summer we played a lot of football and stuff so i like mm. i like that i just didn't like you know running around in the circles yeah in, yeah. in minus 10 yeah I, i i prefer running a lot around in the circles in some rpg fantasy world you know yeah. in the computer game <laughs> where yeah it was much more fun But uh, so you kind of yeah you you do this cross country skiing you quit at the top in a way when you you <laughs> you quit as a champion and 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 at this time I guess you started school and you went into university right yeah first I started because uh, I I'm not sure what or actually I I think it was the need of money because you know uh, back then my parents were divorced already and my mother were i have one brother and my mother was uh raising us uh as a single mother so we didn't have much money and i i know that i i was looking for the ways how to earn some money and i found out that or i also didn't want to that much you know do the the the, the shitty jobs and stuff the manual stuff yeah because i was doing it you know my whole childhood and even like since I was even in 18, you know, when I was 18, I we flew to England to work in a pork pork factory there, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, I did a lot of manual jobs, you know, helping uh, my my father at the farm or stuff, and I just was just looking for different ways, you know. That's when I found first I found politics, you know, so I was reading newspapers, doing the class and stuff, and I even won some ch some. Uh, like a competition, and I went to uh strasbourg you know uh -huh. and stuff and then i found out that politics is not that so i i switched to finance okay. you know it was around 18 and then moved to university studied the finance a lot a lot like capital markets and then uh, while doing some shitty jobs but you know during yeah, the evenings i was just study 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 and then no. i found the job uh in one uh, investment company uh where they were pleased with my level of knowledge there and how much i was able to learn actually myself so they gave me a chance and from there i started to grow in this sector mm. uh during the school we started then we we left you know i left this company we started our own company which went bankrupt and yeah but yeah. so so basically what you're saying is that your your kind of motivation for educating yourself was to avoid living the life that your parents had been yeah living. you know the the book that kind of started it when i was 15 that i read was this rich dad poor dad yeah, you know I from Kawasaki. Yeah, a, yeah, a lot so of people you know it changed their life even yeah. when they're 40 and I, I i read it when i was 15 yeah. and i was the kid of the poor dad you know yeah. and so i i completely saw it you know because there was exactly the, the poor dad you know was the thinking of my parents you know and i said hell no, I'm not going to live this life, you know, and started to change it. And um, I think that was the, that had the best, biggest impact. And then I started ordering other books and 
you know, we also had internet, luckily, so started yeah. searching information and yeah, that that's actually where the finance I think started. Yeah, but uh, but the the um, uh, so you 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 end up with uh, like an investment company. But mm-hmm. I think you you told me that you had that with like three other guys. Yeah, and that that eventually went bankrupt. Was there a did you feel bad about? It? I mean, was it like um, uh, how do you say a failure? Oh, it was a huge learning. Of course, it was a. F- well, failure in a how way. How old are you back you know? then? Sorry, how how old is the? Uh, I think twenty five. Uh-huh. So I was finishing university. Uh, well, oh, there was a huge learning in that. The, the reason why I started, basically, in capital markets, I like that I can do it from, you know, wherever the place. Uh, I, but I think the, the one decision factor that I really liked about it because I was always competitive, and that's why I'm probably now even in computer games. Is that you know? I found out that only like five percent people earn money on the capital markets, and ninety-five percent are losing. You know, and I had a really big ego and thinking of myself. Uh, so I said, okay, I will be this five percent. You know, and if I study hard and stuff, it helped that I was you know always pretty smart, and I was competing this you know mathematical Olympics, and I was the mm-hmm. uh, you know the the the, ma- uh, the captain of the class or something like that. You know, yeah. I was like. And stuff. So uh, I had absolutely. I thought that I'm invincible and everything, you know. And we started this company, and then I went bankrupt, you know. And that was the best learning that I could have because yeah. I found out that I'm, I'm actually pretty shit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so you're human. And I think that everybody needs that. A lot of uh, successful people have that, you know, that they find out yeah. that they have this, this extreme ego, and they fell hard, and that's the best thing that can happen to you you know and then i started working in consulting company mm. like being an employee you know I, yeah. I i always thought that i will never be an employee i will be an entrepreneur and stuff you know and then 25 i finished the school and started working as an employee from the 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 um how's it called uh the position that you take uh, after the university yeah right? like, like an intern in, in starting intern like a junior yeah um yeah, well, the, the the first position that you take after university, you know, you're basically you don't know anything. Yeah. And I I knew a lot of stuff about capital markets, mm. but I found out that I don't want to work there, mm. you know. So and back then I had a girlfriend that actually worked in the consulting company. So I said, okay, that sounds fun, as mm. she was talking about it. Mm. So I'll give it a try, you know. I don't want to work in a investment business anymore. So I gave it a try, and they luckily hired me and that that was a, uh, a Czech company like is it a big brand or oh yeah or? it was ey ernst and young uh-huh uh, yeah one of the big four you know i was yeah. studying uh, university of economics so it was kind of obvious choice they were hiring from there a lot uh and i was even lucky that you know they usually had a very long uh like uh, hiring period or mm. you know Mm. They were doing all the assessment centers and stuff, and they already had somebody uh, chosen, mm. and he turned the offer down. So, uh-huh. so they needed somebody fast. Okay. So they needed one guy, and uh, that was when we like split with my partners at the firm. I said, "Okay, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm starting something else." So I applied, and after two weeks, I started the job. So luckily, it was pretty fast. Uh-huh. Uh So I didn't even have much time to think about it. I just I just needed money, you know, and mm. and this came came up. Uh, I couldn't really much choose, so I started in this one uh, one department. But it was 
amazing school for me mm. actually and then and with that company you you stayed there for a long time or or hmm. Ernst and Young or you went to I think another? it was like three years three and uh-huh. a half years something like that and then you went on to another one yes uh you know because I was always this entrepreneurship guy you mm. know and I really didn't fit into um the corporate yeah yeah big corporate and employee men where you you know you grow every year you know by the set amount of you know and these you have to do all this politics from the beginning and who you laugh and not and since i had i, I crashed a lot but i still uh, understood my values you know but i was after this incident i was absolutely uh humble you after know? the so bankruptcy Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so I, I started really from a scratch. I, I didn't even tell my colleagues, a lot of them, about this story. You know, I tell one, and he was like, "What, what in your age?" Because, you know, I was so humble because I thought that in my age I was 25, right? Mm-hmm. And since 18, I was studying capital markets and finance and stuff, and spent a lot of time doing it. And I thought that a lot of people during the school, you know, they're doing the same, but in the consulting. So I start there. Mm. I was almost like on the interview, I was begging them like, hey, I'm super hardworking, but I have no idea, you know, what I'm going to, you know, about this job. Because I thought that there would be a lot of competition that will, you know. And then I, I found out that there are a lot of people that were just, you know, teaching tennis during the school and stuff and not doing anything like I did in the capital markets. Yeah. So that's why it led me like, okay, uh, I have to, I have to grow faster you know that it's possible and in these companies you usually grow really fast but i wanted faster uh so i switched to a consulting company where which had a different business model mm. it was a small one but they shared the profit with the consultants so okay. if you were good you made a lot of money if not you didn't make anything you know but i was always the entrepreneur spirit so i said immediately when i heard you know these conditions and we were working on the project with the the partner in this company so he kind of you know get to know me and he knew my my skill set and stuff so he offered me the job and i didn't hesitate for a minute i immediately took it and just you know switched to that because i really believed in myself that i can i can grow faster so basically what you're saying is that you you left the safety of ernst and young yeah where you could have just had a career secure income Yeah. And you know, that, as you said, you would get your bonus and your salary and your salary increase, and then after twenty five years, you would be a partner and and whatever. Yeah, you didn't like that. It was too slow, too it easy. W- yeah, it was too slow. I did the math, and it would be, you know, it would take too long to make me a millionaire, and I didn't want to. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. So you you go on this one, and 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 there you made a lot of money. You traveled. You had a lot of different projects. Yes, I think one of the motivators actually behind this was traveling because I managed or I started to travel when even we had this company because I could, you know, I I was making actually I was making more money for some time when we had when I was working for this previous company when I was like 22, 23, I was making more money than when I was 25. I was starting from the scratch completely. So I managed to travel even back then, you know, the, it started in with my trip to Vietnam mm. and I fell in love with traveling, you know, and I calculated that in this job, basically, I will not have much money for traveling. And also you had like two weeks vac- of vacation, right? Yeah. Classic. And I wanted more. 
So that's why I also decided for this entrepreneurship way in this other company because it allowed me when I had a project I had to work, but when I didn't have a project I could disappear travel for to travel for two months basically, and I had more money to do that if I was good, you know. Mm. And it all well it happened in the first year, mm. and then I started working on a big project, which basically took me three years to finish mm. for one big uh, international company and yes i i traveled during that you know for the work I, I work in san francisco and amsterdam and london and all these big you know cities and i i managed to go to china to learn from some chinese companies like even we visited alibaba and stuff it was a huge learning for me you know and uh, mm. traveling mostly for work with some occasional traveling for a few weeks as well because i didn't have a time for that all my dreams that i will be you know like traveling at least Mm. one two months uh, a year just completely disappeared with this huge project but i started making a lot of money but i didn't have much you know to spend it on i was mm. just saving the money for traveling and then one day the project basically finished and i said okay i'm leaving and i i i traveled for four months and i didn't have any project planned i i was even planning for traveling for like a year mm. or something but it didn't happen because i got bored so so uh, and so you're how when the, so you basically stopped working for them at that time and how old are you then I'm like 28 I th- no hmm this is the last job no, you have before oh actually no, no no yeah it's 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 pretty recent actually it was like 30 31 i think yeah so at 31 you have a cool consultant job which makes you a lot of money you travel yeah. the world i mean <clears throat> Go back to your, you know, lumberjack farm, scout 120. Mm. Most people would be pretty happy to be at this point at 30. Um, now, you leave it. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, this basically happened um, uh, by in the end of the 2019. So it's pretty well, new. Yeah. Actually, it was almost like exactly one year ago. Mm. Uh, we had a strategy board, uh, you know, and before the strategy board, I was in uh, Germany visiting my friend uh, from the university uh, that had uh, a company in Germany or took over a family business in Germany. And I was helping him as a consultant with uh, with some business stuff. And during the evening, you know, I was living in his apartment and we were watching some Netflix and there was a document about League of Legends, you know, which is the game that we used to play during the university a mm-hmm, lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, so I said, okay, so let's let's play it. And he said, or I mean, the document, he said, okay, well, uh, we were watching it and he said, okay, I'm still playing actually the game. Uh, so I didn't play it for f- like five years. And he said that right now there is um, uh, a world championship, you know, mm. Um, currently, so I said, okay, let's play it on the TV, you know, let's watch the the championship. I, I, I'm interested how it changed, you know, after the five years that I d- didn't play the game. And I was amazed, you know, we looked and it was a huge show. It was a stadium full of people, you know, like tens of thousands of people watching the players on the stage uh, playing the game. There were like 100 million people watching the stream, you know, from that. So it was huge. There was these headlines that it uh, it had the bigger view viewership than a Super Bowl, uh-huh. you know. 
and all this stuff. And I saw that it grew tremendously, you know, since the, since the times were, that yeah. we were playing it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I saw that it, it became a, a huge business, you know. And then I went to the strategy board and we had this disagreement, you know, and I came home and I was thinking of like, okay, should I stay in the company or should I maybe, is now the time to start my own company, you know? And I had this, this, this esports, this League of Legends tournament in my head and I started to do research, you know, how big it is, you know, mm -hmm. already how, how big it became. And I... I was amazed, you know, mm -hmm. how much it, it moved. Uh, I was only looking at the at the international scene, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, soon I will find out that the Czech Republic is uh, completely different. Mm -hmm. But back then I was looking at the international scene. I, I saw the tremendous potential and I always played, you know, computer games. Even back then, you know, just not the League of Legends. And mm -hmm. I was just playing it uh, for fun with my friends and not that much because of the work. So I was thinking... Like uh, about it, I did the research. I wrote the article about it on uh, LinkedIn, and then you know I I met with one basically a, a business mentor uh, that I found, uh, and I thought that we will be talking about consulting, but uh, he he just asked me a few questions like these these um, like coaching questions, you know. And he mm. found he he just he quickly found out that <laughs> I don't want to be in a consulting anymore. Basically, you know, like he asked me w if everything goes right, you know, where do I see myself in three months? You know, if everything goes according to the plan, and I had to say probably in a fanatic in Berlin where I already applied. You know, <laughs> like uh, and I found that that was like Friday, and uh, it made me think. And he said, "Okay, well, you should first probably." Uh, sort out or figure out what you want to do before we actually talk about consulting business, you know, together. I uh, said, so, okay, maybe, yeah. So I went home and during the weekend I decided that, fuck it, I'm going to esports, you know. So, and, th and this, so you, you get out of that consultancy firm, you, you enter yeah. a partnership there. Yeah. And I still had some savings, you know. I knew that I'm. I want to be in esports. I, as I was thinking about it, you know, it was always my passion. Mm. You know, I was still uh, doing it. I'm a very competitive person. You know, it was like everything clicked. You know, everything just. It was like, okay, this is, this is what I should do actually, yeah. and this is where I should start my business basically. Mm. But I didn't know anything about esports. You know, apart from playing the games and watching the esports tournaments uh, from time to time, so I reached. I started. You know, whatever you do or what you do, if you're starting a new company, you're starting to dig information. And I started to meet people and, and writing the people that had some knowledge about esports here in Czech Republic. And that's how I found or I reached to Petr Andrisek, who is the investor in Brut. You know, mm. and yeah, I. I wrote him on LinkedIn, hey, I um, want to go to esports, you know. Uh, I see you're already there, so want to maybe try to figure it something together. And it's okay, let's meet. So we met and it clicked. And uh, it's funny because I wrote him a message and three hours after that, it, uh, the news came out that he actually bought Team Brute, you know. It's uh -huh. like, 
all right. <laughs> so, so he needed a guy exactly at that yeah, point and in time. Yeah, he it was just the news came out, but he already knew that he was going yeah, bought to, it yeah. before, and he also already saw that he needs somebody to run it with the business experience, you know, because he had some some offers or uh, like potential partners of the club and he needed something someone to close it and to look on the delivery and stuff and in the Czech scene back then you know most of the people running the clubs this uh, it was the same case here were just people that were passionate about the games but uh, they didn't know any any experience any 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 uh yeah knowledge about how the business is done especially mm. about the clients you know but that was from the consulting the consulting in the consulting you know you you work for a lot of different companies on the different projects you always learn something new and you learn about their business you know yeah, so yeah. i think that's my big advantage because if i talk about uh, if i talk to some forward sponsors you know i understand their business mostly because i did uh, projects for a lot of businesses and I understand, you know, I can, I can probably understand their needs, you know, more, yeah. and I, I can come up with some products that, or like services that, that other clubs basically never thought about, you know. Yeah, yeah, because you're bringing a different angle into the industry. I mean, yeah, I, I know their business, yeah. you know, and yeah. um, yeah, I'm kind of one of them, you know, uh, that actually jumped into the, into esports, mm-hmm. esports industry. So, but you're playing video games your whole, like, I mean, since Prince of Persia in 95. And <laughs> basically, yeah. throughout this whole time, video games are always somehow part of your life, but never more than just a hobby, right? Yeah. And uh, so, you you leave that comfy thingy um, in, in Austria to go into esports. And, I mean, you told me, so it's like 35 people on the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, h- how is it to be a CEO of a esports team? I mean, do you come <laughs> to the office at nine in the morning? And I mean, how how does this work? What's the job of a CEO of an esports team? All right. Um, so it's very different depending on the size of <laughs> the company you have. You know, my jobs right or my roles now right now are different than when it started. Mm. We're still a total startup, so I still do a lot of stuff that. Because in a startup, just you the, do there everything. are just a few yeah. people and you do everything, you know. I was even, I remember I used to take care of, you know, uh, the players' laundry, you know, back then. Because we had to have it done before the tournament where we were, you know. So you had to take care of everything, basically. And we started to grow. We got the new sponsors uh, this year. So I could afford to hire more people to help me with the stuff where my added value is not. Um so we started growing and uh i should now i'm so now i'm focusing mostly on developing the people that mm. i have that are taking care of uh each side of the business like the marketing uh the team management you know they are the the two biggest roles are this market or agency side you know the um the the services that we provide to our sponsors you know um and building the brand of the club and doing nice things for the community you know and uh education and and, and stuff you know mm-hmm. of the new players so part- partnerships yeah yeah it's yeah. it's basically yeah it's it's the it's the it's the brand of the club and the partnership mm-hmm. that, that we have and the second part is the esports part where you have the team manager um uh, 
that is responsible for some team. He had a head coach, he has players, you know, and his role is to win the tournaments. And I'm still helping in the both sides right yeah, now. Yeah, but front office and back office in a way. Yeah, and also yeah. the operations and with the finance and stuff, you know. Uh-huh. But my most of my part should be still finding a new partners. We still need. Uh, we doesn't want to have too many partners, you know. We want to focus on less partners doing nice things for them that are clearly um, tied with uh, with or connected with the uh, with the club, you know. And we know them back and forth, and we have a long term corporations, you mm-hmm. know. And so that's why we also trying to choose the right partners for the club, you know, because we also have some values that we don't want to go against so we need to find the partners that are in line with our values and our vision uh, how we want to build it you know so that's my biggest role is to find these partners and also of course to explain the value of the esports to them you know and to find to try to find out the best cooperation that we can have so that's one part and the second one is um constantly improving the team uh, management mm. basically and the especially the performance management you know the scouting functions how to find better players and uh, how to help them to grow as fast as possible basically but so so those partners i guess these are are sponsors in a way that these are companies that are paying you for associating with your brand and uh, is it easy to because you're saying you need to explain your i mean just the fact that you're sitting here saying values uh, ethics mm-hmm. and 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 what we stand for and what we want to be associated with i mean i i don't know i mean i'm old of course <laughs> much older than you are but uh, it's somehow not something that i would associate with esports in a way that so what for example what kind of company would you not want to be associated with if we take as an example yeah um so, for example, we said for ourselves that uh, we will not, we don't want to be associated with the fast food companies, you know, uh-huh. because one of our values is the healthy life, uh, and uh, that's extremely important in case of esports players, you know, because mm-hmm. these are the stereotypes that we're trying to break, you mm-hmm. know, and really, if you look at the professional esports organizations around the world, you know, you find out uh, everyone. Is pay is is mm, considering uh, or taking yeah, this con- into consider- yeah, yeah yeah exactly like, like considering on or seeing attention to the yeah, you know yeah. of the of the physical uh, health of the players you mm-hmm. know it's something that helps them to uh, concentrate better to be healthy you know with the dist- with the which helps you know to. Uh, reduce the, the distractions that they yeah. have from and also they travel a lot to the tournaments where they need to be healthy you know they have to have an energy sometimes they play a long hours you know and that's f- everything uh this you know it, it helps you a lot to be in shape mm. so to do some exercises and sports and also eat healthy you mm. know mm. eating or healthy food you know is absolutely crucial in in everything, even in a business, you know, I know that from the business, I, I read about it a lot because it also helps you with your mood. You know, it helps you to sleep better, which in uh, charging the know. batteries and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and the sleep. So, of course, even the sleep pattern is very uh, important. You know, a lot of players or like the gamers, you know, or this is the uh, this is one of the um, misconceptions or misunderstandings, you know, or 
know how to say that. Uh, I mean, a lot of people see gamers as those that you know they 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 play until very late, late hours, hours uh. you know, like three in the morning, and then they sleep until the afternoon and stuff. And they, our players cannot do that, mm. you know, because it affects their game their their performance you know so this is very important and i want the partners that understand that and support that you know and i cannot have a fast food company if i'm saying that the food is very important and especially so in esports because esports players doesn't move that much you know they don't do that much sport you mm-hmm. know so they just cannot have pizza in in the midnight which a lot of them do you know and then after that drink coca-cola you know and go to sleep the, they will feel bad in the morning, yeah. you know, they will not regenerate that much and they will sleep long. And uh, after a long uh, years of these bad habits, yeah. it will catch up, you know. Yeah. And so so this is, this is for example, something. But yeah. a lot of companies, they actually like it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because a lot of decision makers in these companies, you know, they have kids and they see it, you know, and they like it that we are trying to create a different role models for their kids, mm-hmm. what... It means to be a gamer. Yeah, I know. saw. I saw. I went to the. Actually, it was interesting. I was looking at the Instagram page of of the team, Brute, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called Brute GG, right? Yes. Yeah, and uh, and there I noticed. I, I was kind of scrolling through the pictures, and and um, everyone looks healthy there. Uh, there mm-hmm. is. Yeah. It's not like like you're saying like the stereotypical idea that we have of someone who plays video games and and. And I and so, what about physical training? Like you know, do you do mm-hmm. is that part of the program in a, in an esports team that 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 you I don't know? Do you go out running or? <laughs> yeah, um, we do actually, um, because well, as as I said, you know the all the benefits that mm-hmm. uh, of being in shape and healthy. Yeah, and yeah, the the. the that we have it's not that much you know we're not like a sports club of course you know we're trying the minimum that is uh, basically necessary we, we try to explain the players why they should even seek it you know themselves uh so we don't need to force them you know we're trying to explain that when they walk some or when they have they have to go somewhere uh you know try walking you know for example because at least something you know at least some some exercise and then we have mostly some exercises uh, for their core body, you know, because they're sitting in front of the computer, so they should yeah. have a strong back and and these muscles, you know, the core muscles. So we have some exercise for them. We're not trying to, you know, turn them into bodybuilders, but they're just the minimum that they should at least do. But there are examples of many players that actually look like bodybuilders, you know. And uh, we even have one player that uh, it's our Dota player that lost, like, 30 kilograms in the last year or year and a half so mm. yeah we have these examples you know it's not it, it's not uh not that like it used to be yeah, yeah how how it is perceived yeah, you yeah, know, yeah basically yeah, 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 yeah. and if we show this positive motivation or positive role models for the kids you know and the parents, because the parents have to support it as well. You know, they can use these mm. positive role models for their kids and show them, you want to be in good in the video games? Then go out, you know, you should do some running. You should mm. uh, eat healthy, you know. You should uh, go to bed early because tomorrow, you know, you have to start training. You have school and stuff. Mm. So 
we're, we're trying to teach the kids this way basically yeah. uh, through the the positive role models and the the so so this i mean if 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 travis scott can have a 12 million people concert in fortnite that that tells me there is a lot of money in this um how is that here in the Czech Republic? I mean, are, are are there professional players that do nothing but this, or how does that work? Yeah. Um, well, you know, when I said that I decided to go to esports, you know, with the head full of dreams, you know, and then I started researching the Czech market, and I, again, kind of <laughs> hit the <laughs> hit the wall. <laughs> hit the wall, you know, because we are really like five years behind the developed countries, you know, the in, in esports unfortunately but this year it changed a lot you know uh -huh. we were not the only professional team that started or that entered the scene this year that started paying uh the players mm -hmm. uh really salary that they could do nothing but play video games you know competitively it's happening uh even though we quickly find out that we did the most stupidest thing that we could you know because we just kind of took the random guys that you know never were paid for playing esports started paying them but nothing changed you know so it's mm -hmm. like they were playing the same basically and uh you know we were like okay we started playing them and we you know explained to them how it should be done you know and they will be so grateful for the opportunity and not at all <laughs> so uh -huh. so we we learned the the hard way mm. and uh uh so it so what's it, the it right way a little bit. Yeah, what do you change then what do you do then do you find uh you know the the money basically came faster than the, the mentality of the players changed you know because they were not used to it you know it was uh -huh. a big basically the whole scene because of the lack of money and sponsors and the people that know how to do that it was a big kids show basically so but we, you know, we jumped into it and and did the same kids show, you know, like yeah, yeah. I mean, so we were also uh, uh, like horribly wrong about our expectations, you know, uh, mm -hmm. about Czech esports. Uh, so we kind of restarted it uh, with also Corona, the you know the coronavirus situation. It helped esports a lot, but not in the short term because it cut a lot of budgets of the sponsors and stuff, you know, and we had mm. to do some radical changes so i cut my own salary and the salary of the players and stuff we had to do it because otherwise we would not we were st still a startup right yeah. but at least it gave us a chance to do it again and do it better you know so with our current uh players we only have one player that is really full-time and doing it as a full-time job uh because he already he's already after the school and doesn't have any other possibility but uh, those players that are that still have a school and stuff they're training mostly during the afternoons and they have some basic salary mm. and they have some more like a bonuses for uh doing their their like tasks and you know like attending trainings and stuff because really we oh um yeah we came and we thought that we can change a person faster than it's possible basically yeah. you know so i i think yeah, like you said the money came faster into the industry yeah. than the industry was able to adapt to the the money yeah. but but so so when if first oh, okay so first of all i mean if i'm a let's say a successful esports gamer working full time and it's no covid there's no sponsors mm -hmm. cutting budgets or anything like that let's just talk about mm -hmm. a normal world without hysteria so 
how much, how many euros can I make per month being an esports player, just paid by my team? Yeah, well, it it ranges. If you're doing it full time, basically, you know, it, in the beginning, basically, if you want to be really a pro, mm. uh, then you know you should have your basic needs covered with the salary, so you really can only focus to that. So that's the starting point, you know, in Czech Republic. Uh, it depends if you provide the players with the food and accommodation, you know, uh, and then you can give them some pocket money mm. or if, you know, you just give them the money and don't provide these, these stuff. So that you know. could be like 2,000 so euros a month? It could month? be like 1,000 euro, you know. 1,000 euros in, a month? Yeah, in Prague. You know, they, they live in the shared flat with other players yeah. or with their friends and it doesn't matter. We don't force them to live in the gaming house, you know. So... You can start on 1,000 euros if you really want to do it professionally, you know, yeah. and you have the people that can really, you know, train hard and and, and take it seriously. Uh, and it can range uh, in the um, uh, abroad, you know, uh, in, in the developed markets, it can go up to... Um, up to tens of thousands of euros, you know, a month actually playing... Uh, playing for the team so mm. but then a lot of uh, th- then a lot of those players they have youtube channels and stuff like mm-hmm. that so i guess that's their own money i mean that that's money that they are earning on the side but is that also the team organizing those things uh yeah we're helping them to set up these like technically the streams you know we have a streaming rooms in our gaming house we help them with the graphic overlays for mm. their streams and uh you know building their brand through our social media so uh, so know, the team uh, is involved like in that. posting that somebody's streaming you know to get more fans or you know yeah. to, to let the fans that, that he's streaming and so they can find his stream or go to his stream you know so yeah they're streaming some of them are doing a content for the community like uh, educational videos or you know talking about uh, uh, different matches of the team and stuff and like mostly educating or just you know playing and having fun and sharing the tips and tricks and talking to other players you know ask uh, answering their questions and stuff and we are helping with that because it's a very important part of being an esports player you know mm-hmm. you're in an entertainment business and it's not just that you play you know you have to build your brand exactly because you're basically as an esports player you're being paid by the sponsors right yeah. So that's why you have to also adhere to the value. You have to somehow behave, you know. You, you cannot drink alcohol on the streams, you know. You would, because they're rushing in and also the sponsors are watching in and you would be, you know, yeah, making a bad example the, yeah, to, yeah, to the young the generation. Signal. Nobody wants that. So that's why he has it in a contract. He cannot do that. And he has to take care and show that he's actually living healthy and he's doing the exercise because he's the role model for the young generation. He's the... He carries the values and the message that we want to spread, mm. you know. So he have to behave like that. Uh, and if if he's toxic, if he cannot behave, if he's really like um, posting on the social media how he's eating fast food, you know, in the midnight and and stuff, and then you know smoking and drinking and stuff, he just doesn't have a place in the team. So. Mm. But the and he he can be as good as he wants, you know, as a player, but. But there are millions of people watching YouTube videos of players playing. Mm-hmm. So there, I guess the, those players that have these YouTube channels, they make tons of money just from the, the YouTube traffic, right? 
Um, well, you know, this the streamer is something kind of different, you know, than the the, the player really. Uh, uh -huh. The professional player, basically, it's the professional players. They have to, or they have these ambitions, and they want to win the world championship, and they have to train mostly, you know. And they uh, sometimes make some content and streaming for their fans, but it ha there is always a limited time because he has to focus mostly on the training and uh -huh. stuff, you know. The content creators, the the streamers, you know, that are really like playing and. Uh, entertaining people they doesn't need to be the best players basically they need to be the best entertainers and that they're spending a lot of money into their studios and they usually actually make even more money well it depends you know it's also a very hard job actually yeah. to build your own content yeah, yeah, your yeah. own channel you know so it's just a different kind of job yeah i'm basically. a struggling podcaster here you know i know <laughs> i know how, how much it takes but so so you, th that's kind of a different segment you have the professional players that are playing for teams and they're training competing in tournaments and then you more have the kind of the entertainment side mm -hmm. which is kind of the streamer and the yeah. youtuber but the teams are cooperating with those streamers you know because yeah. they are also the gateway to the community you know right. um so uh, and also we're helping them you know with the content because this streamer this this guy who's doing the entertainment can go with your team to the tournament and it's a content for them you know he can show the backstage of the tournament and how the team is preparing and stuff to his community that he built so we give him the content possibilities and we help him you know for example if he makes some video we have uh a video editor, you know, who helps him cut the videos and add some sound effects and stuff, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's promoting they, they, they you are in a way. Very and often, are like it's, it's, uh, it's a crucial part of the esports organizations. Basically, these influencers that are taking care more of the community, and then there are players that should focus on, on uh, the, on the performance, you know, and the tournaments and yeah. yeah. But how how, so how does it like? Um, you know how much does a team like so let's take okay so your your team one of your teams plays fifa for example mm -hmm. that's a football match that or football game that most people will know so how how do you just train for that i mean like <laughs> is there i mean is there a coach that says okay guys we're playing this strategy or 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 how mm -hmm. how does this work so it's different game by game you know fifa yeah, but if you is take a, fifa because FIFA I, is I think one, everybody one, can yeah. well fifa is a one player game and actually most of the games in esports you have the team of like five four or five people so mm. fifa is different okay. in this way that you only have one player yeah. and you know the whole team mechanics and you know dealing with other okay it's a bad teams and communication then. there is not it's not yeah. there you know yeah, but yeah. he still have a coach who's helping him mostly with the mechanics of the game, you know, helping him analyze the plays of other players, you know, uh, you have this coach in, or it's more like um, a scout, like analyst, yeah, you know, analyst, or, yeah. or uh, it's like a strategy coach, you know, yeah. basically who's helping him with with the game. But if you have a team game, you also the, the coach have to be a really a coach, a leader, somebody who deals with with the team and helping the team to play as a team, you know, not like individuals, you know. In some of the teams, you have, uh, based on the role in the game, you have different trainers, you know, or coaches that mm. are focusing on his specific role and the game mechanics. And then you have the head coach 
who is more like who's focusing on the whole team and how the the team plays and also with the morale in the team and the motivation and and you know giving a feedback and the structure of the training and all this stuff you know it's much more complex in the team games because there you have the team aspect and building a team that's like really um a high performing you know team that have a trust that have all these aspects of the high performing yeah. team building that from the players that are usually something around 18 to 21 you know it's like the usual range mm. that doesn't that they don't have this uh preparation from the school because the Czech school system doesn't teach teamwork it's that's that's where the very hard job comes you know mm -hmm. so the fifa is yeah it's, it's more about it's one person yeah, of course you know it's it's like when you're working with the athlete basically for example somebody who runs you know uh a marathon or you know you still have a have to have a team around you you know helping with a lot of stuff but in the team games there's just more people basically around mm -hmm. the team because it ha it adds complexity and this team structure to it yeah how so how does it work like with the training are are people gathering together and playing on the team on that game that they're playing in the same room and interacting like that or is it each in its own corner and then a trainer watching and telling them how does that work in ideal circumstances yes they're training from one room you know but because of the covid for example right now you know everybody's training from their homes but even mostly um in in most of the Czech organizations and uh, we're the same case for now and we want to change that the next year after the situation gets a little better is that the players really are training from their homes and they're meeting in the gaming house uh for a boot camps for uh, like one uh week a month or in two months depending uh you know uh so so if they're training online they just uh, they have the they have the, the training calendar they meet you know and they meet on the teamspeak which is the communication platform and uh, they they start uh, usually you know they, there's some warm-up then uh, they talk about what they're gonna train today because mm -hmm. you know the training is very different from playing basically they they have to grow so they have to get out of the comfort zone and learn new things so they have to understand they have to um understand what's the purpose of the training and set the goal of today's training and then and what new strategies they're going to to, f to try and who's going to do what uh, mm -hmm. in that and then they find the opponents and they go make it in a, in a practice they train train Uh, and then after that, they have some review where they look at the game together and see the mistakes. Uh, and they give feedbacks and stuff, you know. This and is super professional. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if they they are playing some um, competitive game, you know, for example, the next day some league or something against uh, a known opponent, they study the opponent, they study their play, mm. they study what he's doing mostly and which situations and how he plays that, so they can prepare for that so mm. it's it's really yeah. yeah it's a lot of work yeah well yeah, yeah. You, you can train it's not only playing basically uh, you still have okay. to play a lot but it's not like you're playing 
14 hours a day you yeah, know yeah. sometimes yeah four hours is enough like many many gamers basically who are not in esports are playing maybe more than our players basically because yeah. they have to do some exercise it's also part of the training basically yeah. they have to do some work for the sponsors or media and stuff you know they have to uh, watch the demos learn from the best read a lot you know attend the team meetings and uh, discuss strategy uh, analyze data and stuff you know watch mm-hmm. a lot of demos of themselves because that's how they they like they learn you know yeah. they have to look at their place and look uh, for their mistakes and how to fix them and then they play you know mm-hmm. so it's not unusual that a lot of people or a lot of players are actually relaxing by playing another game for example you yeah. know it's like or to the same game but just playing you know because yeah, to switch really, off yeah, yeah just playing the game with the with an easy opponent or something like that and you know just mm. just for fun because yeah and 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 so how like so you have contracts i mean players have contracts are mm-hmm. they like does it is it the same like in football that you have a contract for two mm-hmm. three seasons with the team and you can be traded to another team i mean does it work like that in the esport game like in the world yeah. in, in general yeah it's absolutely the same as uh-huh. in sports basically you have the contracts you trade players you buy players you know and uh in czech republic the contracts are shorter right now than you know it, it's the beginning and also the players doesn't have uh still the uh the trust into organizations because for a long time there were not professional organizations there you know so they're a little bit afraid they're not used to sign anything you know they not really have a support a lot of times from their parents because in the football you know that's the thing in a football you have the football um you know you have the, the local club you know that is preparing you to advance to some bigger club and you know you have like the 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 academy team and and b team and a team mm. and you're climbing the ladders and the parents know and wants to have the football player from his child and they take part in you know all this contracting science stuff but if you approach them as a um as an esports team you know sometimes yeah they they don't understand it at all you know like how usually the the parents doesn't understand or doesn't believe in it until their kid brings the first money home you know yeah, yeah, that that's where yeah, the support yeah, starts yeah. you know but before they're like oh you want to sign some contract with somebody it's like in football it's normal thing but you know yeah, so but it's a lot new. of players doesn't understand that he's going to actually make money playing video games what yeah. <laughs> you know, so. and it's it's but it's a new it's a new thing i mean i i i've read interviews with with people that went through the same in the 50s and 60s when they came home and said listen somebody's willing to t- pay me for playing football and the <laughs> yeah. father and the mom said no 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 that's impossible football is just a waste of time go back to work you know yeah, like yeah. it's a so i guess that that will just take some time um but it's an interesting what i what i found interesting when we we started talking and i i had noticed that in in um i have I have a friend in iceland who actually started an esports team for a, a sports club so th- mm-hmm. they they have a a sports club that has handball, football, basketball, gymnastics, swimming, mm-hmm. and a lot of different sports. And they started this esport thing. And I, it's like maybe two, three years ago that it started. And I started looking at this on, on, on Facebook. And I, I saw the photos and, and he was sending out announcements and stuff like that. And I was super happy to see this because for me, this was com- somehow bringing this to the surface. It's bringing it out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
and and now after talking to you uh, when i met you before and you know, looking at the instagram and i can see okay this is actually an interest industry that is is very professional actually has a very healthy look on what they want mm. like you know like values fast food uh, people have to be in shape in some way it's actually more responsible than school uh, school doesn't tell anyone not to go to McDonald's. School, actually, yeah. in some countries, there is even a McDonald's in the fucking school. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting thing. And I'm thinking, does eSport have to go this extra mile to be accepted? Or is it just part of who eSport is? Mm-hmm. Well, as I said, you know, in a way, uh, because eating healthy, mm, doing exercise really helps you for mm. the better performance, you know. Mm it's absolutely no doubt you know mm. it's just a lot of uh young players doesn't understand that because nobody teach them you know but it's it's an essential part of mm. your performance mm. uh, you know the the style that you live so it there is no esports without it basically but there is nothing you do professionally you want to do on the highest level basically that would not be dependent on your lifestyle you know uh, i i was living this life way before you know because i when i was look working and consulting you also have to work a lot of hours you have to concentrate you work night shifts you know and mm. 16 hours a day you know you have to concentrate on one thing and you have to have energy and you fly on some projects and you cannot be really you know sick all the time because you're traveling the world and you and especially you know because i was paid for the the work that i deliver but it's the same with basically mm. with, with the esports players you know if they got sick during the big tournament they don't win the money and it, it costs them money you know so uh, i cannot afford be uh to be uh sick because it was very expensive you know i was paid for only the work that i deliver mm. uh, so i had to learn how to stay healthy and uh, the impact of the food and the lifestyle on your life you know so if you do something on the highest level you always have to watch yeah, all these things. Yeah, take care of yourself. You know? yeah. yeah. So it's essential part of esports, definitely. And uh, what about the schools and esports? I mean, is there is there a? I mean, schools are filled with computers. Hmm. Kids want to play computer games. Um, is there a? Is there some connection starting there between or? or Actually. Pretty recently, we visited uh, one um, high school, uh, the first high school in Czech Republic that have an esports uh, program. Mm. Um, it, it's basically well, they have the esports cars, which is part of the of the program focusing on three uh, D graphics and computer games. Mm-hmm. But you know, in the school, the kids actually. Um, form and esports teams you know they compete in the video games but they also trying they, they build the esports team from the scratch and they take different roles you know somebody is responsible for the marketing they have to come up with the name they have to come up with the brand so it's it's starting uh-huh. in abroad you know uh, in the west or on the developed markets it's very common actually to have programs focusing on esports because you said that many times the esports is is really big business now. Uh, you know it's valued uh, uh, around 
one billion dollars, you know, and the gaming industry, which is, you know, around it, basically, mm-hmm. is already um, valued more than the music and film industry combined, you know. Yeah. So the gaming industry is huge, you know, for a long time and the esports is growing really, really fast, you know. Mm. Uh, and it's also also pretty big. So of course it's a business and a lot of schools are actually starting the esports programs. And if if let's say now that uh, you know, as I said, some of my listeners are maybe on the age where they might have kids or teenagers. If 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 someone has a, a kid that spends hours in a dark room playing video games and and the parents are worried about this, I mean, should they can they bring that kid to an esports team and say, listen, can you can you check out if he's any good or can you help me with this? I mean, how? how mm-hmm. Yeah, we're actually getting these questions uh, a lot uh, from the parents. Actually, mm-hmm. they're reaching uh, us, okay. you know, from from time to time uh, on social media, for example, and then they they are texting us, "Hey, I have a kid, and I think that he's very talented in the computer games, and he likes it, and what he needs to do actually to become the esports players." And I'm always happy about it, and we, you know, like. Uh, try to help them and 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 mm. send them the way but uh, more of the problems like it's it's all amazing if the parents wants it and sees the future in it and helps the kid but also the kid has to want it as well you know yeah. he has to understand that it's that uh, esports you know playing it professionally is very different from just you know playing it for fun yeah i mean you have to there is the fun you know but a lot of Fun is you. You have to enjoy the competitive aspect. You have to be competitive, you know, because otherwise it's not for you. So yeah. you have to enjoy the competitive aspect. We even have a lot of players that enjoy the competitive scene, you know, uh, more than the game itself. Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. they're competitive and they like competing in it, and they like the um, uh, the the community around it, you know, and, and this stuff. So mm. you know, it, it has to be in line. But we are definitely if there are parents or uh, who wants who thinks about this career for their kids mm. just don't hesitate to reach to us and we can you know give you advice based on you know the age and and the game that he's mm. playing and, mm. and stuff so i mean so it, it's nothing to be afraid of anymore i mean like it's not something that parents should be scared about i mean it it actually you know, you d- we don't we can't all have kids that are going to be professional football players or basketball players. Mm. I mean, some of them will be professional esports yeah. players, and there is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, based on what you're saying, it's a clean, uh, normal industry. Mm-hmm. It sounds like I just. But what what's the future of it? I mean, where, where do you see this go? You know, the kids are going to play the video games. You know, anyway, mm. you, you can you can try to prevent it. You know. Uh, many different ways, but they will always find a way, as as we did. You know, that's yeah. a funny story. Uh, because I, I said that right, that our parents were uh, preventing us from playing the computer games or took it as a punishment. You know, for for example, for the bad grades. So I learned how to fake my mother's signature, and I you know had a special page for the bad grades in my you know book and. I still have very similar signature to my mother's because of it, you know, because I (laughs) couldn't show her the five grade, you know, because that meant five days without the computer, 
you know okay so I, and i had to play and we were limit even if we had a good grades we could only play one hour a day so every minute my parents were out of the house sometimes they just left us you know overnight so we were playing overnight just using every single minute to play the game so the the kids will do it because for some of them the world is just amazing you know yeah. so they will play the game because it's a lot of fun mm. and the best way the best thing that you can do if he's good at it and sees the future at it to support him you know not force him to do anything that you sees fit for him because you used to do that you know if he's good at it just support him and it's better if he do it professionally mm. and take it seriously you know because then there is this sport and learning and team aspect and, and everything money and money yeah and money actually yeah uh, in the future especially you know mm. it might be much better future than some other maybe even than a football i don't yeah. know you know but, but it's, it's growing that, much larger and that, yeah exactly that's maybe also what i'm thinking like the money will continue to come into this because as more and more players are on mm-hmm. in there and, the, and this kind of virtual world grows and grows mm-hmm. um and it's already as you said bigger than the music and the and the film industry um yeah, combined yeah how how i mean do you see anything that would stop this no no <laughs> first i hope not but i mean it it, it will it can just evolve you know yeah. uh it, it might have a different shapes you know the virtual virtual reality might kick in stuff but you know the the virtual world has an advantage that it has absolutely no limits you know yeah. you it's everybody can find something that is for them it's on their reach everybody has a phone right now that's one of the futures you know in the mobile esports it's mm. it's a big thing already because everybody has a mobile phone everybody mm. can play you know the internet coverage around the world is getting better and better the technology you know the the games are better looking you know yeah. looking almost like a reality so it's only evolving and it, it will only immerse more and more kids into it you know and the the parents cannot prevent it because they will find the way they will see it they, they can play it in the school they will see it from their peers you know they will go to their house to play on their computer as we did as well you know mm. because our our neighbors had a better computer that can play the better eight, video games, f- you know. So they had 486. You had 386. Ex- exactly, <laughs> something like that, you know. And they had a colored monitor, and they had StarCraft, which was my one of the, my first original game. And I fell in love with it so much that yeah. I had Lego at home and this black and white shitty computer. So I was building StarCraft from the Lego and playing with the Lego, you know, and playing computer game with my Lego, you know, because I couldn't play it, you know, at home. So yeah, yeah. the kids will find a way. So yeah, the kids, <coughs> they will find a way. But uh, how, how is that? Like you now are working within an industry that very few people actually understand or relate to. It's probably an industry where the average age is somewhere around 20 to 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there are things in that universe that we that stands outside it have never heard about i mean there are icons uh, names people games stars that we don't know mm-hmm. do do 
do your parents know and accept what you do? I mean, or do <laughs> they do they get it? Not until these day, I think. But it's fine. You know, they're they have their own world. They're they're very sporty persons and natural. You know, they enjoy being in the nature and and sporting. And um, it's funny. I I was home this weekend, and uh, my mother told me that uh, in because I have a I have a sister a stepsister which is 16 year old mm. and they told me that uh she's kind of almost like a weirdo in her her class because he's doing sport yeah. you know <laughs> like yeah, nobody do that anymore <laughs> it's like but she's she's doing it uh because her parents support it and she really likes it and, and uh -huh. I want to become good at it so it's still their world and um and I, I'm I'm not trying to change that and I I think that one day I, I mean i think that they're happy that i'm happy you know doing yeah. what i'm doing they're happy that it, it still you know makes a living uh for me uh so that's the most important and sometimes yeah, they tell me like are you really not gonna find another another job. normal job yeah, yeah. And no no <laughs> <laughs> but uh talking about that uh you know wh what you know like you have a tendency to to actually leave i mean you you <laughs> as a 17 year old champion in cross-country skiing you kind of you say no that's enough for me i want to i don't want to do this um you get into the you know successful career in in consulting and um yeah i mean in in i think a lot of people would give their left arm for a career that you had and would try and milk that career forever so you left that mm. uh <laughs> To chase, you know, your passion, which was games and and and, and computer games. Um, do you think you're gonna stay in this business for long, or or are you just gonna master it in a two or three years <laughs> and then you're leaving? I think this is my end game, actually. Or yeah. well, uh, I'm more convinced of it than ever before. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it only can have some variations. It's something that I even like about esports because it's not like football. You know, there will never be a second or different football you know but the games they're always they're being developed and new games new titles you know it's rapidly changing world mm -hmm. you know and tomorrow that they, they can release a game that will be a massive hit you know and i will have to form a team in this game and i will like it more maybe and i will complete the switch you know you never know yeah, yeah. so so it's a very this, dynamic environment yeah exactly so uh, this brings the change to it you know and you also have to change because it's a new industry and a lot of different clubs are finding a different way and we also finding our own way you know to succeed in there to yeah. provide the value for the partners you know and to combine uh, different genres for example you know like we even organize a competition for the djs uh, and we you know the rules were or we 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 make the rules that they have to make a set from the gaming music you know because yeah. a lot of games had so many iconic tracks you know so and we found a brilliant DJ, you know, that mixed amazing gaming set, you know, that reminds you of the old, perfect old game. So we're trying to mix the genres and trying yeah, yeah. to find a way how to entertain the uh, the new new generation, you yeah. know, if they were. So there is a lot of change in that. And it's my biggest passion since I was a child. And now there are even some money starting to flow in. Yeah, so I the, mean, that must be a dream to work with what you love. I, I mean, it's, yeah, right now the money are not there and it's still a very hard business. You know, if there's something listening and uh, thinking of, oh, I'm going to start the esports club, you know, I, I'm not even sure if I would do it again, you oh. know, without, 
yeah without with the knowledge that i have right now if you when you google or google you put into youtube like videos how to start the esports club you know and usually the videos start with the guy saying okay you want to start esports club i will give you one good advice don't yeah you know it's always like that and we're we were thinking so many times like should we just give up you know but or like but you switch don't. or something but i no i i'm no, i don't like give up I, i i used to or i like i'm finishing stuff this yeah. is the new challenge i like challenges so this is basically probably the biggest challenge that i have you know and that's what i like about it so i, I probably e- either starve to death or I'll, i'll succeed you know there's nothing in between you know i will just make it so yeah that, that's that's a n- the nice attitude and i think actually like because uh, we were talking about your childhood and, and background you probably got some of that uh, drive let's say from that because you knew the struggle mm. and you you saw it you t- tried it on your own skin i mean b- both with the physical hard work and 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 seeing your your family so uh, yeah i mean that you take that with you into the future yeah th- the bad thing is that it's not really dependent much on me that much like the the biggest bottleneck or you know you're mostly dependent on the players you know and <laughs> let's face the reali- reality you know the currently it's the biggest bottleneck it's the biggest risk because you're dependent on 17 to 20 year old players right behaving somehow you know and being in an organized way and also know. working hard and stuff you know and uh, that would be a for a long discussion how much the school and this generation is used to you know it There's a lot of times they used to have the results or they used to have everything immediately, you know. You, you order something, 20 minutes, you have it, you know. Mm-hmm. You're, we're living in a abundant world yeah. where these attitudes, you know, is I think it's much more rare to find than it used to be, you know. Yeah. The hard working. Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know, because you don't need to work hard that much anymore. A lot of, you know, people, a lot of parents, they, they move to the different jobs you know because the manual labor was you know I, that's that would be really for the long yeah, yeah. discussion yeah, so yeah, we're yeah, still dependent on it and yeah. the, the problem is that you cannot change it that fast we're, we're starting academies and we will be doing uh we're, we're planning some uh uh some uh like cooperation with the schools and giving lessons and and stuff so we really need to educate but that's a long process yeah, you, know? yeah, you have to take a young player in the football at least you have it you know you're doing it from the young age and you know but here you usually they 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 maybe you know they got kicked out of the uh football club or they decided that the football is not anymore for them and they were playing a lot of computer games so decided to be a football player the the esports player yeah. but nobody was there to teach them how to do de- and what does it mean you know yeah, yeah. so we need something like that we need to the institutions they will be raising the best players you know as they have it abroad and we don't have it yet in the Czech Republic so and that's a long way so that's why you know there are many obstacles that we have to overcome so it's not going to be easy No, but, but it's we'll as long as it's fun, then it doesn't have to be easy. But <laughs> uh, um, I think we're about to finish. I just in if in case people want to follow the team, so the mm-hmm. the team has an Instagram page, right? Uh, yeah, you can find us on Instagram as uh, uh, brute uh, brute gg. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, we even started 
uh, TikTok <laughs> recently, uh-huh. no. And all, all under this brute, B-R-U-T-E. Yeah, it's usually uh, brute.gg. Yeah. Uh, in Twitch, it's brute... Uh, oh, how's it called in English? The... Under slash... Under, under slash, yeah. yeah. So it's brute under slash gg actually on Twitch because brute gg was taken. Okay. Um, yeah, we're streaming our matches uh you can also follow uh, the biggest league if you're interested in esports mm. you know uh recently or this year actually there was a new league started uh saska e-league which i recommended you it's the biggest league right now in the czech republic uh so you can follow us there or watch your watch, games watch yeah. our games you know through their uh, website or through their twitch channel that's where most of the Czech esports right now is happening around the the CS:GO okay. uh, game. You know, different games have different leagues, but you can also oh, wait, oh, everything you can find on our social media, and I'll be glad to if you if you will. Yeah, um, and you guys that that are listening, um, thank you for for uh, listening in, and uh, you can follow my show on on uh, facebook it's called the bunker how the hell did beyond appear the page uh my instagram is uh, midlife crisis warrior and i have the same on twitter uh the show also has an instagram page it's called the bunker prague and uh, yeah please hit follow if you like this so that you never miss an episode um feel free to send me some suggestions of interesting people to talk to preferably people that are in the Czech Republic so I can meet them face to face Um, yeah thanks to the sponsors and I think that is everything Thomas thanks for your time thank you very much for your invitation